Welcome to another episode of the Leaders in Education podcast, the official podcast for the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District, featuring voices in education. My name is Mike Haynes, and I'm the Director of Instructional Services at the Charlevoix-Emmett Intermediate School District. Today, it's my pleasure to be talking with Alicia Schleyhuber, Behavioral Health Coordinator for the Charlevoix-Emmett School, Intermediate School District. Alicia has a master's degree in education with an emphasis in counseling and a passion for supporting the social and emotional, cultural and academic needs of students at risk. Alicia, thank you for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'd like to start by asking if you would tell our listeners a little about your role here at the ISD. Sure. Well, I think it's important for me to note that mental health and social and emotional wellness of kids is something I'm extremely passionate about. I'm looking to build upon my experiences working with at-risk youth and those facing intergenerational trauma. I'm looking forward to taking a systems program and service-oriented approach to supporting districts with the mental health needs of students. I'm hopeful that some of my work and partnerships will not only help reduce the stigma associated with mental health, but also encourage the dismantling of barriers that exist. Mental health is not one size fits all, so it's really important that we be hypersensitive Mm -hmm. and to take an empathetic approach to the uniquenesses that students bring to the table. So that's a big job. Uh, and I look forward to, to uh, working with you as you uh, work towards those things. So as, as we know, uh, behavioral health can encompass a lot. Um, what do you see as the biggest issues facing students and schools in the area of behavioral or mental health? Well, that's a really, really great question. Interestingly, I've um, been seeing that from the mouths directly of babes, for a lack of better terms, students have even been asked recently what they see as some of um, the biggest issues. And number one and two, anxiety and depression, right out of the right. mouths of our youth. Right. So what do you believe to be the root cause causes of these challenges? Another big question there. There, there are um, so many things that our youth are facing today, as we all know whether there's the academic pressures, social media is huge, all of the pressure surrounding that. The impact of COVID has been just so increasingly alarming in terms of uh, social and emotional development of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Peer pressure, even pressures at home like parental stress, even, you know, families are going through their own things at home. And of course that could impact students. And it's important uh, to not forget about trauma that already exists. You know, you mentioned COVID and I know I've uh, always hoped to not have to continue to mention COVID (laughs) and I have conversations with educators, but really it seems like since that, since the pandemic uh, came into uh, our lives, our awareness as a society about trauma and anxiety and, and, and how people were managing their life and their world, um, that just came to the surface and it's sort of been like a, a, a magnifying glass on, on maybe things that have already always existed, but it seems like now it's okay to talk about, which seems exciting or I'm enthused about. That's, that's a really good point. I've noticed that as well. So what are the ways that you see educators and families collaborating 
um, you know, to create more inclusive, supportive environments to support students' uh, behavioral and mental health? Well, the one thing that sticks out most to me in this regard is the stigma that still exists when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. I think, though, that the mindset has been shifting to the whole child. And let's be honest, it's difficult for children with a hurting brain, those that um, Mm -hmm. have different traumas or are facing different mental health concerns, to learn. We typically think of wellness when it comes when it comes to physical activity or nutrition, but really mental health is very much a part of that. And many hope that someday mental health checkups will become commonplace and not so taboo. And that really needs to start early. Mm-hmm. Signs of mental health concerns can show up in early childhood. And it's important that teachers and parents alike know what those signs are and catch them early. I also think that engaging youth in the conversation about mental health is key to reducing the the stigma. Um, Again, I talked about the youth um, and maybe an advisory council maybe something to help with that. And I wanted to bring up a side story. You may recall Simone Biles, who's an Olympic gymnast pulled herself out, withdrew from the Olympic Games due to mental health concerns. There were a lot of mixed reviews on that. There were people that were saying, oh, she needs to, you know, suck it up and get out there and and compete. But she really put um, a spotlight on mental health and has really become an advocate and I think it's very admirable what she did, and I think that it's beginning to show that maybe the the stigma is starting to kind of get better. That's a great point that I want to jump in on, you know, that you're making, that that really there's been a stigma for as long as I can remember whenever we talk about anything around mental health, anxiety, depression, um, and, and so... It sounds like you're on the same, we're, we're connected in, in the thought that we need to normalize the ability for adults and students to talk about how their, their health, whether it be mental or physical, right? And so I, I really appreciate that, that, that point that you're making. You also had talked to me a little bit earlier about equity. Um, can you go dive into that? Yes, so another topic that is important is equity of service. So many districts in our area actually serve Native American students. They may be more comfortable meeting with a counselor or therapist from their tribal behavioral health department, or those who may be trained specifically in trauma that exists in indigenous communities. So it really is critical to view mental health through a cultural lens as well, because there is, like I said, no one size fits all. Also in our area, we've got a number of families who are English language learners. Now, we may have a smaller number than some of the downstate districts, so the level of service may be a little different because of that, so it can be tricky Mm -hmm. to make sure that these kids don't slip through the cracks. But still, as educators, we must take the time to address the social emotional needs of those students. We're often focused on language and the academic piece when it comes to their development in school. But as educators, we may want to take a step back 
and start with addressing those needs. It may require taking extra steps such as translation services for social emotional learning mm -hmm. lessons or maybe finding out if there is a therapist somewhere, maybe telehealth that's bilingual. There are other students that may have other needs as well that require our educators and counselors to have specialized training in trauma or with working with populations such as LGBTQ or foster youth, the list goes on. Children and adolescents are constantly finding their identity and how they fit in the world and that, I believe, directly impacts mental health. So really what you're talking about in terms of equity of service, you're talking yes. about being that we all are more be the importance that we all be intentional when it comes to ensuring that whatever we're however we're engaging with students, that every student feels like it's representative or respectful of their culture, their identity for whatever whatever identity that that may be. Yes. And like I said, um, every student has their own uniqueness and their own toolbox, for lack of better words. So that's why we have to look mm -hmm. at um, what is in the toolbox and make sure they have the right tools right. for mental health. I am really intrigued by, by the direction you're going here because, again, we know that there's research out there already that connects identity and cultural identity, especially to behavioral health and wellness. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to hear you talk about that. I, trauma is another big issue today. Um, from your perspective, what are some ways that schools and families can address the needs of students to have trauma histories? Well, to me, the priority is aiming to make school a safe space. And one key way to address trauma in kids is training. So what is, what is trauma? What does it look like? Mm -hmm. and, the, and intergenerational trauma, how it can pass through the generations. And perhaps access to resources such as podcasts, articles, videos. And really one thing that, I, that sticks out in my mind is acknowledging trauma. That goes a long way. And as we as educators and mental health professionals, if we view these things with a trauma-presumed lens, all students will end up benefiting. Trauma can be passed down through generations, as I mm -hmm. mentioned, so it's important for parents, caregivers, and even teachers to be open and receptive to even facing their own personal traumas, because if we expect students to do that, we want to make sure that we role model that and deal with our own mental health right. um, and wellness. It'll benefit them both personally and professionally as they work with children with mental health concerns. Something I've heard um, people smarter than myself say oftentimes is that you know, an adult who is not regulated or is dysregulated cannot help a student regulate, right? So that whole notion uh, that the adults all have, to, we all have to ourselves understand uh, what it means to feel and be healthy mentally, um, behaviorally, uh, in order to be able to impact students. So um, I really appreciate that line of third, uh, thinking. Uh, and we could probably unpack trauma and all of this for hours, but uh, we'll have to come back to that at another time. Um, what are your goals for the year? You're, you're new to the position, you've got a lot. I've seen your uh, whiteboard in your office. You've got a lot of stuff listed already. Um, give our uh, listeners an idea of what you're thinking about for the year. Sure. 
Well, first, I really want to start with focusing on building relationships with educators and school counselors, parents, students, our mental health partners, and community agencies. And that is really closely followed along with doing a deep dive and getting, getting a strong sense of the data. What are the demographics of our students? How many are referred to mental health services? How many are actually getting those necessary services? And if they're not getting the necessary services, what are those barriers? Mm -hmm. Perhaps some surveys and needs assessments uh, will probably be the avenue to, for me to get the full picture. Um, much like building a house, I'll need to start with the foundation, which, <laughs> That's a great analogy. which is the, the connections and the partnership. And there are many other pieces of the puzzle, they're, but they're all connected. So it will be upon me to put those puzzle pieces together and develop a robust mental health program that will integrate PBIS with SEL, with mental health and equitable services. That's a lot to accomplish uh, in this year. I really appreciate that you started with uh, by talking about building relationships, and it seems it's it's not it shouldn't be an irony, but it's it's comforting to hear you say that based on what we know even about student success and how important positive relationships with other students and adults is so critical. Mm -hmm. So to it seems like we, we really can't be doing this work around behavioral health, mental health, unless we start with relationships. So thank you for leading with that. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or share? Um, just that um, I'm looking forward to meeting um, people out there from the districts and the, the partners and community mental health partners and going on the listening tour that's mm -hmm. planned and talking to principals and really listening and hearing what the concerns are, hearing what the needs are um, so that we can start building the program. So I've been talking with Alicia Schlehuber, Behavioral Health Coordinator for the Charlevoix Emmett Intermediate School District. Alicia, thank you for uh, talking with me, for sharing your vision and goals and for everything that you're about to do to support our students and educators in our region. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Leaders in Education podcast. Please check out our archive for past episodes. And remember, the great thing about learning is that you never have to stop.